Hey friends, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune into this podcast from Revival Fires today. We pray that this message brings you closer to Jesus. We'd love to host you at our regular Sunday morning meetings, 10.30 a.m. in Dudley. Also check out our website for our upcoming events. We look forward to welcoming you to our next event. All right, here we go. Here is the message. I have a word for you this morning on um, Jesus when he said, I am the door. And we have been worshipping and we have been praising even this morning. And I just really want to encourage you. I know I've got, um, I've got some time with you and Ryan already said I'm full. I just have to backtrack a little. You guys sent us um, on a, on a uh, leader's time and we were in Florida. And I said something when we were sat in the GPS conference. conference. My life is becoming a conference. That's fine. Um, (laughs) To those of you who know me, this is big. (laughs) Um, And so when I was sat in GPS a few weeks ago, and the reason I'm saying this is because I want your faith to begin to stir, okay? Because what God is going to do today, he's stirring faith for you to see him and know him and have a relationship with him. So I was sat in GPS a couple of weeks ago when dad was speaking and the students were just learning and understanding and getting these truths. And there was one phrase that stood out to me. You know when a phrase stands out to you? Who's had something stand out to them in their life? Okay, there's a few of us. That's fine. He's going to speak and do more standing out to you. He'll be outstanding in your life by the time that you have given your all to him this morning. I believe that um, I sat there and I heard this word, impartation and anointing. When did you last seek a fresh impartation and and anointing from the Lord? And I couldn't get rid of those words. I couldn't. I tried. I thought, I'll watch something online. Not good enough, really, is it? We need to be face-to-face in the room where we can touch one another, grab hold of one another. So I was like, Lord, what is it you mean by this? And he said, if you go, I will show you my face. You know, the main thing that Jesus did for us, yes, we'll call it Florida. It was a ministry, an incredible ministry. We didn't get time to relax, though. It just literally was not enough time. It was in his presence for like 40 or 50 hours. It was actually life-changing. And I had an encounter with Jesus. It's not that encounter I'm going to talk to you about. I'm going to talk to you about the overflow and all that's happened since then. It's a one time encounter where we see Jesus and we can pour out our lives upon him does it have to be that we have to go somewhere sometimes yes does it have to be that we lay down things that we always had said I'll never you guys know me you know that my parents have traveled years and years and years and part of me has said I never want to leave my children Not that I was ever left with inappropriate people. Some of you are in this room and you looked after us just fine. But I had made something of a vow. I'd made something of a blockage that Jesus came in with his mercy and his grace and provides us with one of our great friends. I will call you out, Jude. I know you'll probably hate this, but Jude said, if ever there's a time you need to go away, I'm staying with your children. And so we were able to lean into that, lean into the blessing of people who have seen what God would do. And so even I'm landing this in today, when we were worshipping, as we sang that song, sin separated, 
The chasm was too wide, but you made away the great divide. And in that moment, I heard the Lord say, you can preach it, Anna, which is a great way he talks to me. He calls me by my name. Hopefully he's calling you by your name too. Uh, And he just reminded me that he is the door. His life laid down, crossed the great divide. What divide in your life do you need the Lord Jesus Christ to cross for you? When um, there was a song about chaos becoming order, what order do you need to be back in your life so that chaos can be left behind? This is Jesus. So when he says, I am the door, That is the reason I'm speaking to you today. And I just believe that there are hearts that are going to be transformed in the presence of the Lord. And there is a response coming where you can respond to his voice. You know that you can be called by name. And this is your day. Just open your hearts before him. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are here in our midst and even in the coming and going, in the sending and receiving, that Lord, today you have said that you are the door. And Jesus, I ask that you would make yourself even more real to each and every one of us so that we can know you in all the fullness that you have. In Jesus' name, amen. At the beginning of the meeting today, we heard from... uh, Psalm 84, and there is such a beautiful psalm, and you'll hear this over the coming weeks, but Psalm 84 verse 10 says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Here, this is an invitation for us to come. One day versus a thousand. You know, in God's timing, that moment that you give him, that time, that day, that entire showing up as you seek to be less than, as his glory fills us entirely. In that moment, that is where he, the door, the one who made a way, the Lord Jesus who says, I am we get to enter in and experience all of the fullness and all of the goodness of the Lord. So better is one day, a moment dwelling with you than any other elsewhere. And here we see rather being a doorkeeper. And throughout this morning, I want to tell you about Jesus being the keeper of the gate. I know so often we can hear about these many gates and many doors, but right now I just want to crush a few little things. Nowhere in my Bible can I find when one door closes, another one opens. He is the door. You've not found it. It's not in there, is it? There's not a corridor with many, many doors. There is a door. His name is Jesus. He is exclusive. There is only one way to Jesus. That is through the Father. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And we come to Jesus. And I have such a fresh sense and a fresh awareness of his presence that he is asking us to submit, surrender, to give ourselves all, wholly, everything unto the Lord. For he is the keeper of the gate. He is the one who calls us by name. And when we get to minister to him, 
rather being a doorkeeper like in Psalm 84, that is when we get to glorify him, fix our eyes on him, fix our gaze on him, and we get to be like that verse in Luke where we get to tell everyone everywhere that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, is coming. But it starts with the personal encounter. And let me tell you, the way is narrow. Finding him means a refining of ourself. The very things that we might have found acceptable in a previous season are no longer acceptable to him. You know, friends, I am an avid reader. I will read books and books and books. And uh, the Lord said, could you just read my book? I said, yes. <laughs> what is it that there is a refining of for you to come into a deeper place of his presence? Who's with me? Who's with me? Who wants the deeper places of his presence? I see you. He's drawing us closer. And so when we find out what used to be okay wasn't even sin, but it is now a place where he's calling for our time, our all, our surrender. And then that's when we can say, have it all, Jesus. And so we get to meet Jesus here in John 10. If you can open up your Bibles to John 10, it says... I love the public reading of scripture, and I'm so glad our church does that. Um, you'll, I'll read this, some of these to you, but could you go home and read it yourself out loud? Because something happens when this happens. Uh, uh, John 10, 10. I'm just going to read to you, and then I'm going to show you some access points in our life where we get to encounter Jesus the door. Now let me tell you, I've already said there's not many doors and there's not many gates. There is one and it is Jesus himself, the one who laid down his life. We've sung about the blood, the precious blood of Jesus. We've talked about the great sacrifice he made and it is in his laying down that he then brings us into fullness and redemption of life. In John 10, and the reason I'm going here is because in conference last weekend, I remember hearing this phrase, I think it was you, Dad, who said it, enter through the gate, not by some other means. And I just want to talk to possibly some other means and also to some places that have been uh, killed, stolen, destroyed and disrupted so that you can step into the abundant life that comes through Jesus alone. Amen. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he's brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Verse 7, therefore Jesus says again, very truly I tell you. It's like him saying, I'm telling you again, I'm telling you again, I'm telling you again. I wish I could have heard him say these stories, but we're here now in this period of time. I am the gate for the sheep. Other versions, I am the door. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep haven't listened to them. I am the gate. I am the door. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that they may have life and life 
to the full. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I know them and the sheep know me and I lay down my life for the sheep. And much later on, it, can, it talks about some other things which I'll let you to go through in your time. But what I sense the Lord is doing in our midst as we give him all rights, we lay down our life as Jesus has done for us, as he shows us here, as he is the good shepherd. He is the one who's gone ahead of us, that he is the one who opens the gate. We surrender our life to Jesus, the door, and then it is he who makes the way. The reason I said previously, it's not about one door closing for another to open. It is about us knowing who we are in Christ. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in your courts than anything else. You know, when you find that sensation of being at home. Maybe you have it here in this church. I pray you do. Those of you who've committed here, we pray that this is where you feel at home as part of the family. Maybe you get that sensation when you've driven off the junction of the nearest motorway to you. You've started the track towards your street. I'm on my way home. And it's in that place when you know where you belong that then that you have found Jesus opening the gate for you. You have found him at home in you. How do we do that? By accept, accepting him as the Lord of our life, believing in him and giving our lives to him. Last Sunday, I think there was 14 people who opened their life to the Lord of life. They gave their lives to Jesus. And it is, oh, I just love it when this happens. In a moment, everything changes. So often we can think, I need to go back to that moment. Remember I said, what impartation, what anointing. When were you last close and found in the presence of Jesus? I'm passionate about this. I could almost jump, except I wore the, wore the wrong shoes. Um, you know, when you were so passionate about the Lord Jesus, I love speaking to new believers. But later on, I've got a verse in Revelation where we want to have that first love of the Lord. Never, ever, ever grow cold. Never go lukewarm. Never, never, never. Why? And I say that and I can see some of you are giving me the eye. You need to be on fire for the Lord. In a church called Revival Fires, we are on fire for the Lord Jesus. That means... He's got it at everything. He has it all, our time, our possessions, the way we think, everything laid towards him so that he can show himself as the door for all in our life. Now, um, the salvations, I get my greatest, I love, I love serving the Lord and we love leading uh, the church here and the, the expression here in Revival Fires. And one of my favorite things to do is call people who have given their lives to Jesus because I say what happened and in those two words I heard so much this week it was like I came out of my office and I went to five people Ryan was like working on some other thing and I'm like can I interrupt he's like you're going to it's fine and so I need to tell you what God was doing people said someone told me I should come here today and then there was a word about encountering Jesus. So I came, someone else. I felt myself coming forward, someone else. Someone brought me. 
Friends, we are part of this all together. And then somebody, I said, so what happened? And he said, I want to be honest with you. I had a bad life and I was drinking, I was smoking, and I stood about here, this section here. Response is important, friends. You'll hear why we're responding just now. And then in a moment, God took all of the thoughts to drink, all of the thoughts to smoke, all of the thoughts to vape, which sometimes we can think is a lesser thing, and they were set free in a moment. Can Jesus do it? Is he the door? Yes, is the answer. You are Jesus. I'm just so thankful that it is through you, Jesus, that there is fullness of life. Oh, yes. So he's the one who opens the gate. He opens our life into the fullness of life. And then we see that the sheep listen to his voice. It's as though he's knocking on the door of our heart. I want to skip to Revelation 3.20. And it talks there about when Jesus is standing at the door and knocking. Now, that's not just a little bit of knocking. You can hear knocking. It is a thudding, strong, violent knock at the door of your heart. And some of you have known what that is to experience the pounding of the Lord as he's come close and called you by name. And it is this place where I just really want to put a word out to you. Don't let Amazon be the biggest knock that you're hearing in your life. If you're hearing the knock of your parcels being delivered more than you're hearing the knock of the Lord, you're laughing because you know it's true. We can get something to arrive immediately or with, before two o'clock the next day. But how often are you listening to him morning by morning to hear his voice? I know I'm preaching to most of you who do this already, but I just really want to encourage you to step into that place where you get to hear and know his voice even more than you already do. He's called you by name. He's leading you in. He leads you out. And then there's a place called pasture. You know, I thought that meant find rest. But what it means is extravagant new growth. So when you were having a word for India about the new shoots sprouting up, that is pasture, new things rising up in our midst. And so as we are led by him, he's going ahead of us. We see also that it's God who has gone ahead of us. Jesus has done it all. And so if there's parts where you think, but God, could you do this? Ask him again. Ask him to show you, to reveal himself fully to you so that you can experience the joy of your salvation. That is when the good shepherd, which we know is Jesus, has brought all of his sheep into divine safety. It is there that the Lord Jesus becomes the gate once again. And he provides for us you know, I'm about to say a table in the presence of our enemies. Yes, he provides for us the gate of his glorious presence. And that is something that the Spirit of God guards. That is something that we then can step into. And his name is 
Jesus. Earlier in prayer time, we began to just call out the name of Jesus. And there was so, he has so many names. In my prayer times this week, the Lord said, call me by name. There's something about being called by name, isn't there? I just began to call on the name of Jesus. And I just began to write the names. There's so many. The names of Jesus. The name above all names. And we can let our love be renewed for him by calling him by name. What, if is, what would happen if in our own lives... We just heard someone call you mate all the time, or bro, as those youth are calling one another, or sis, or friend, or what other name that doesn't call you by name. You'll not be known, and you're known by a name. You're called by a name. And when Jesus was calling his sheep in uh, in the, the Good Shepherd and his sheep story in John 10, you see that he has gone ahead, that he is bringing out his own and he is known. And so we can follow him, not a stranger. And when we follow his voice, we learn to know his voice. Hearing his voice comes like this. Wait on the Lord. It can come through prophetic words. It can come through coming forward on their prayer lines or coming to the prayer spaces and just asking someone to say, pray over me that I may know his voice. And I believe that there is a sharpening of hearing his voice. When we've had a conference like we've just had last weekend, uh, if you weren't here in the room, you can watch online. We've put, left it on the Facebook and the uh, YouTube for a little bit longer. But I really want us to be a church who is marked by the hearing and closeness of the Lord Jesus. Because then we get to hear the sound of his voice. And at times, it's a sound of war. And I believe, like it says, just here that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, that there have been something stolen, killed, and destroyed in lives, even in this room, or even in those who are watching us. And there is, when we hear the word salvation, yes, it's a one-time experience where we are saved, but then there is a physical rescue that the Lord does. There is a deliverance, there is healing, there is a bringing into a place of welfare, knowing the liberty and the freedom of the Lord, knowing the victory of the Lord and walking into the prosperity of the Lord. And I see that as we are coming into this stage We've heard um, three or four weeks ago the word about the door, Dalleth. We were called, um, I'm sorry, I haven't written the numbers down, so I'm not even going to make an attempt, um, which is the number four, whereas we step into our Hebraic year cycle. And I know that we'll hit this every 10 years, but this is a significant one for us for now. And there are dreams that you are having about open doors. I've heard you talking. I've heard you saying to one another, there is an open door standing ahead of you. And I want you to know that, yes, it does say in 2 Corinthians 9, there are many doors and there are adversaries, but remember who the door is. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Because there will always be opportunity. That is for sure in this world. But is it the opportunity that the Lord Jesus has gone ahead and opened for you? How can we be so sure of this? Because we can see time again that there has been 
uh, a thief who was coming to steal, kill and destroy. And when I was asking the Lord what places these would be, I really felt that there was breakdown in relationships. And I don't know if that in your context is marriage or if it's with your, your father and mother, your grandparents or with your children. But there had been some level of breakdown in relationship. And that has been destruction for you because you'd longed for the hoped for vision that you had is no longer and it's as though it's been pulled away and I really believe that as you come to today as you respond today that there is a life in all of its abundance that the Lord Jesus has promised John 10 10 we can say that a lot but do we know what it means I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So whatever sickness, whatever demonic force has been around you, whatever thing has been stealing all of your money, it can feel like, and as a church here, we don't save up for rainy days. We don't save up to see things come in and, and steal from us. But what happens is sometimes there are breaking areas where back in the beginning of chapter 10, Anyone who does not enter by the gate but comes in another way is a thief and a robber. How does this line up with Jesus? Well, I believe that the Lord is the He's at the gate. He is the gate. And he is making a way through you. And so this is a significant message in time so that you can come and respond to the Lord. In uh, Revelation 3.20, I've already referred to it, it talks about the supernatural door being wide open. Turn with me there. Oh, even back up, it's just what we were worshipping. Sorry, Revelation 3.20. Here I am. And this is John who... (laughs) John, who was talking and as he wrote the the book of Revelation. So you can see that, yes, Jesus is a door. You'll begin to see doors throughout Scripture now. You'll find the doors in Hosea, the Valley of Hope. You'll see the doors in Colossians 3, the door for the message of the gospel. You'll begin to see this because we are in this phase, this stage, this era of life where God is showing to us that he is the door and there is only one door. So in Revelation 3.20, it says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Not a gentle, quiet knock. It's a loud, booming knock getting your attention. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with that person and they with me. Do you see that closeness? Do you see communion? Eating with him, being one with him, us with him. To the one who's victorious, I'll give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And that was to the church in Laodicea. And I see this revelatory door, this spiritual and supernatural door standing open for us to experience. Yes, we see in the natural. You can see all of you right now. You can see the the things that are happening right now. But as I began to ask the Lord what he was doing, he said that you were coming into a, a new period of life in the spirit. Some of you, many of you have begun to walk this journey already. And I see there is a fresh revelation that God is bringing. Now, when that happens, 
we get to stand and look just as what was happening here in Revelation 3.20. The seeing becomes knowing. We no longer just know things because we've read about them, but we see and know in the Spirit. And it is a new way of grasping spiritual truth. And I believe that this season that the Lord has us in is a moving from the physical realm into the supernatural realm. For those of you who are already there, it's an even more than an increase in this. You know, as a church, we have seen in the revelatory realm, and I know that that is our, uh, I want to call it our foundation, but it doesn't end there. So it is our DNA. Can I use that word? It is our DNA to see in the spirit with eyes of the spirit. And that is where the discernment comes with the prophetic and the apostolic edge. And so, yes, you'll see us as ascending church. You'll see us as a, going to the nation's church, but you'll also see us as a church who hears what the Lord is saying right now for here and now to see activated in this earth. And I just want to speak to those of you who feel like the gates of hell are continuing to prevail against you. You've seen the destruction, the killing, the stealing and the destroying. Come to Jesus. And I will say this, what is it you're involved in that is continuing to keep that gate open? You know, we don't usually share our bad stories, but something began to happen, and I do want to share this part with you. We have now had our fourth puncture in as many months in our car. That's so annoying. (laughs) Um, Different tires, every single one of them. And uh, for the the fourth one happened just a couple of days ago, and every one of them has happened recently, and it's been expensive, and I'm not asking for money God has provided for us. Don't hear it like that. What I'm asking is... Did we just let it go on that there'll be a fifth and a sixth and a seventh and a... No, we just began. After everyone, we were like, Lord, we don't understand this, but we know we've trusted you. We know that our lives, we stand there and we ask, Lord, is there anything blameless, anything in our life that is not how you would want it? And we've asked him and we've sought him and we've said, Lord, so what is it that's coming in to kill, steal and destroy? I want you to take this simple testimony so that you can put it into your life. And we said, Lord, if there is anything unpleasing to you, show us. We repent, Lord Jesus, for what if we've gone to a place or something has happened and that, that we sh- we've stepped outside of the plan. We've tried another door instead of the door. Do you see where I'm going? So, um, and then it was expensive. And I thought, I hate the thing. There's two things I hate. The first thing is time wasting because I feel like time is our most precious commodity and I can put no value on how on a, a lovely time with a friend or with our family. I, there's no way I can even put a pound sign on how valuable time is. And the second one is money that was meant for or assigned for a different purpose, that being stolen. Are you with me? You feel those things too heavily, I see. Um, and so when we began to pray and asked the Lord, I, and I said, we were in the midst of number three happening and we were going, there was some way that we needed to sort this out. And I said to Ryan, I said, I'm believing for a miracle here because what we warfared in the spirit, this must be over now. And I believe that today is a day where what you've warfared in the spirit marks a day where you come to him, the door, the Lord Jesus Christ, who's standing with his arms wide open. Come in, enter in, commune with me, the deeper relationship that he has for you and with you. And so back to the puncture. Um, the last, so this one just happened this weekend. I said to Ryan, could a miracle happen? 
Could this one be fixable? The last one, the guy said, it was so close. It was so close to being repairable. I was like, I'm not good with so close. It has to be all in. And so then yesterday, the, the guy called us and I was like, you can come and collect it. We've managed to fix it. And the internet went down and so it's going to be free. I was like, ah, oh, well, that's a blessing after all of the others. Am I telling you that because the goodness of God is free? No, I'm telling you that because when you begin to contend for something, when you've stepped through the gate of his presence, when you have begun to hear, I'm preaching, when you've begun to hear what God is doing and what God has said and that what he has promised he will accomplish in your life, then you begin to hold the tangible presence and the reality of what the Lord has promised. And it shifts from a seeing realm of, or an emotional realm, and we know I'm good at this, one. Uh, We know that when we're here in this realm and we can experience and see the emotions of stuff, we can get caught up. And instead, we begin to lift our eyes to the lifter of our heads, the one whose presence we'd rather spend one day in than a thousand elsewhere. The one where he says, I stand at the door and knock. Is he beginning to knock on your hearts this morning? Where the supernatural door of the Spirit is wide open and He also is the one who closes doors for our protection. I'm not saying it's a door of opportunity. I'm saying he closes things for our protection. Think about Noah. And they went into the ark, the adults and that. Um, the family and then the animals and he closed the door you could probably just imagine I'm not going to say what would happen if you're on a boat and you leave a door open well you'll all get very wet he closes the door for our protection you can see when the father calls us to pray pray like this go somewhere in secret and close the door you can see when the widow is beginning to have her overflowing miracle when she had nothing except left She did what the Lord had said, her obedience and her listening to the prophet. And then she went in, closed the door. And that's the other side of the miracle. When the Lord is saying, I am the door, he is calling us into a nearness experience with him. That is not a one-time event when we say, I did it on the, what day are we on? Eighth or ninth. Uh, we did it on this day in October. It is an everyday encountering the presence of the Lord Jesus. And so when we hear him saying, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. Will you hear my voice? Will you open your heart to me? Will you let me come in and eat with you? And then he says, then you'll be victorious. Do you have ears this morning, church? Do you have ears this morning, church, to hear what the Spirit's saying? There are three responses that I want to bring to you. And I believe that all will be ministered to this morning. I just want to talk to you about the heart of response here at Revival Fires. I don't want anyone sitting in their seat thinking this will apply to them or them or them or them, but it won't apply to me. I believe that this is a church, and I know this as a church, where those who come forward for ministry receive the outpouring of the Lord. So whether it 
I've got some specific things that I've heard the Lord speak to about how he's opening hearts and doors in your lives and bringing you into a deeper revelation. But I don't want anyone left sitting thinking this doesn't apply to me. Lay down your pride, friends. Lay down your, it can apply to everybody else. The spirit is moving in this place and he's drawing you closer and closer and closer to him. I was asking the Lord, how, how do we respond to your voice? I can see you now, some of you are closing your eyes and just beginning to get closer to him. And he said, there are people this morning who have known the Lord, but have got confused by the gates thing. And I see you as ones who have just tried to push through and push through in your own strength, in your own striving, and you've not known what it is to walk in the grace of the Lord. And as he calls us um, into being doorkeepers in his presence, there is a fresh revelation for us to see him, to know him, to dwell with him as we walk this journey with him. And so I want to call those of you, I'll, do, I'll tell you what the calls are for and then we'll do this, but there is a calling by name. Thanks for listening. Stay connected, be resourced and equipped by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, and following us on social media at Revival Fires on Instagram and Facebook. If you've been impacted by this ministry, why don't you consider investing and sowing a gift? Visit our website for details on how to give.